0: You are now listening to the Unscripted Ohio podcast brought to you by Buckeye Grove and in part by JFQ Lending. All your home purchase and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. You'll never pay for your appraisal with these guys. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at JFQLending.com. For the latest news, notes, analysis, and discussion, check us out on BuckeyeGrove.com and follow us on Twitter at unscriptedohio one. Now, broadcasting from Podcast Central, a place that is not his mother's basement. Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? We promise. Here's your host, Kyle Lamb. Hey, Ma! The meatloaf! Good Friday. Welcome
1: back to the Monkey's Favorite Podcast. Your infamous favorite flying monkey, Kyle Lamb, host of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast. We are brought to you by BuckeyeGrove.com. And, of course, our title sponsor, JFQ Lending. Please check them out at jfqlending.com as all of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. We are also here with support from GoBus with over 40 stops across Ohio with popular destinations like the Hocking Hills, Mohican State Park, and Ohio's big cities. Please check them out at ridegobus.com give him a call 888-95 go bus. Look, I am busting right now as as George Cassandra would say, Jerry, I'm busting. Uh, it is a a really really exciting time of the year. It kind of hit me the other day. Okay, so you know when I was a kid, when I was a teenager especially and into my early 20s, this time of year I was really I never got excited about college football because I was really always preoccupied with baseball. I was a big fantasy baseball, history baseball especially, big fantasy baseball nerd, and that really occupied my attention span throughout the summer. It wasn't until, usually I was either out of the uh, you know, the championship race for my fantasy league, whatever league I was in at the time. It wasn't until I, I realized I was out of the race until after all the trades had been made and my base baseball team, my favorite team, the Reds at the time, was usually out of it by then too. So, you know, at the time, you know, once August comes around and I'm out of my championship race and, and the Reds are out of the World Series chase, Then it hit me at that time that, yeah, it's college football season. And and then I would get excited, you know, about mid-August. And by then, you know, the games would only be a couple weeks away. And I would be really excited. But as I've gotten older and now that baseball, you know, I don't know what ever happened, but I just can't get into baseball anymore. I haven't been in a league in like seven or eight years. And uh, I used to be an encyclopedia. I mean, I used to literally keep a database of every player that had ever made uh an MLB roster and played in the game. And Sean Lehman, um he's a guy that that does this database, the Lehman database every year it comes out with these player, you know, all the player stats for every single player that ever played major league baseball ever. I mean ever, you know, back to the late 1800s. And I used to, you know, download this database every year and I would play with it and, and you know, do my own stats and and search and and it's just really geeky nerd stuff. But suffice to say For some reason, the last five years especially, baseball has not been my thing. And so without baseball to occupy my time and attention throughout the summer, I'm just left to casually and slowly get into football mode. That happened this week. It just occurred to me the other day as I was doing a bunch of geeky, nerdy stuff with with college football futures odds, which I'll talk about here in a few minutes in the show. That's when it hit me. It's football season for me. You know, we're just a couple days away from being August. You know, fall camp will be starting here next week. I'm in full blown football mode, and without baseball to get me through two or three more weeks, this is it for me. So if I sound a little excited, it's because I really am. It's football season, and we're going to have a lot of fun the next couple weeks. We got a lot of things going on here on the show. Um, let me start with this on a personal level. The, the Unscripted Ohio podcast and podcast network is about to grow. It would not have gotten to this point without all of you folks supporting the podcast and you know sport, supporting Johnny Bullitt and Corey Thompson over on the Scarlet and Great podcast who joined us you know this year as well. Thank you for the listenership. Thank you for... You know, putting up with my rants on Twitter and, uh, you know, somebody called me sanctimonious and I laughed at that because, yeah, you, know, you know, I can't get a little sanctimonious. You got to understand, if we're not a little sanctimonious, if we're not a little opinionated as podcast especially when we're doing monologues, it's not a very enjoyable show. You have to be opinionated. I sound like a broken record sometimes. I sound like I'm opinionated. I am. We all are. We all have our egos. Uh, but thanks for tolerating that nonetheless here on the show and on Twitter at KY Lam 8. Thank you for all of your opinions. Thank you for all the discussions. I really enjoy this. I really do. I hope it comes through in my work. This is something I love doing. And because of your support and because I have really enjoyed my time at Buckeye Grove and doing this podcast uh, for Kevin Noon and, and Mark Gibbler and everybody over there at Buckeye Grove it has has allowed us to toy with some things and allowed me to expand into a vision that I have for this podcast and this network. And we're getting very, very close. And I just wanted to say next week, we do have some announcements coming uh, that I think you're really going to like that's going to affect the podcast. It's going to, you know, uh, it's going to, I'm not going to give things away, but it's going to affect a lot of things. So uh, stay tuned for that because next week, I will tell you this, more content, more stuff is coming. And its I think you're really going to like it. You're going to hear more of me, more of Johnny and Corey, some other things coming at you. Uh, The podcast itself, a lot of things coming up next week uh, that I can tell you about. I can tell you next week we're going to have a segment with Daniel and Josh of College Football Nerds. You may remember them, Daniel and Josh. Formerly, we did a segment back before the College Football Playoff. It's formerly Daniel and Josh of SEC Fans. They are now college football nerds. They are talking about college football as a whole. We're going to get into some some nerdy, geeky stuff. We're going to project uh, what some of the top teams are coming into the season, obviously Clemson being one of them. Will Clemson have a letdown? We'll get into that. They also are very opinionated about the FBI, and I'm going to get back into that because that's been a favorite discussion that we've had here on the podcast is the FBI, uh, the Football Power Index by ESPN. And I've got some numbers that kind of make that look silly coming up. Uh, So they're going to be on, we'll get into the FPI, we'll get into college football, do a little preview. Also next week, uh, Corey Thompson and I are going to have a Throwback Thursday podcast, and that's going to be really enjoyable. I'm not going to give it away just yet. Um, I'll probably start teasing it on Monday, but we're going to have a Throwback Thursday podcast. That'll be the normal Friday show, but we're going to put it up Thursday evening. Uh, We're going to kick it old school a little bit and talk about uh, some... I'm just, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, no spoilers here, but we are going to kick it old school. I think it'll be an enjoyable podcast. Uh, you'll hopefully like to hear what Corey and I had to discuss about that. So that'll be coming up throwback Thursday. It'll be our Friday show next week. Also coming up in the next couple of weeks, Bill Benner of the Sporting News, always one of my favorites, a show favorite. He is on with me every so, every couple months or so. He'll be on. We'll preview the college football season. And Chris Drew of WAKR and Akron 1590, AM in Akron. They are all. They are also now simulcasting on 93.5 FM in Akron. Chris Drew is going to help me preview the Cleveland Browns this year. A lot of excitement there with Baker Mayfield in a second year quarterback, first full season as the starter, and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, a lot of positive momentum, so he'll help me preview the Browns. We'll talk some Buckeyes as well. And if I can find some time, I'll get somebody to come on, and maybe we'll talk a little bit of Bengals to preview the year. So, A lot of Buckeye talk, a lot of college football talk, a lot of analysis data coming your way. Maybe uh, some Bengals, definitely some Browns. There's just a whole lot of things to talk about here on the Unscripted Ohio podcast. Like I said, a couple of announcements coming up. I really, really think you're going to enjoy everything we've got to offer here in the near future. So please, please stick with us. If you are a listener on SoundCloud especially, uh, I would invite you to follow us. Uh, actually follow through the app or uh, through the browser, however you listen to us on SoundCloud. Please follow us specifically. We're trying to boost those numbers. Uh, That's going to help for some things we're doing in the long run. If you are already listening by iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, that's great. Keep doing what you're doing. If you want to go over to SoundCloud and follow us on there as well, that'd be helpful. But however you're listening, please keep listening. We are glad to have you. So make sure you follow us if you are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash You can follow us there. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8 and continue to listen to the show every Monday and Friday on buckeyegrove.com. So, hey, look, um, I mentioned the FPI, and this was really interesting because we noted last week on Twitter that the football power index projections had Ohio State with an 8% chance to win the Big Ten. And what's notable about that is it had Michigan, you know, 46%. It had uh, Michigan State and Penn State also ahead of Ohio State. And it had Minnesota with uh, Ohio State specifically was an 8.2% chance to win the league this year. Minnesota with an 8% chance. And you know, algorithms are algorithms. Okay. It's not like somebody at ESPN is sitting there. Let's, let's conspire against Ohio state to make them look bad. And uh, let's tweak the, the data a little bit to, to make Ohio state look silly. I don't think that that's actually happening. And look, there is a recipe at ESPN for stuff like that. I mean, you remember back in the days when, you know, Mark May and, and Trev Alberts were there. Trev Alberts, of course, eventually left Mark May got canned a couple years ago. Uh, thank the Lord. <laughs> But there were there was definitely a recipe, you know. ESPN likes to, um, you know, likes to tweak the bigger fan bases because it's good for numbers, it's good for ratings. Uh, you know, that's why you know Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd and and you know some of those guys that are shock jocks uh, in sports. You know, there's a reason why they say some of the things they do. Controversy sells. Uh, uh, you know, look, it's it's no secret the controversy sells. So. There is certainly a precedent set with networks like ESPN trying to you know, get under the skin of Ohio State fans. But in this particular case, uh, I think that the FPI is flawed. Daniel and Josh of College Football Nerds, uh, hopefully next week, will explain some of the reasons because this is something, you know, they do. They have their own computer model and they do a lot of analytics. And, and this is something I think that they will be able to better explain the ins and outs of why FPI is flawed. But I really do believe it is just a flawed algorithm. I don't think in this case ESPN is trying to tweak Ohio State fans. But still, I was just trying to look at the data. And, you know, I've explained here, using recruiting rankings, going by talent, Ohio State should not be on the same playing field right now with Minnesota. And I understand P.J. Fleck over there in Minneapolis is rowing his boat. And I understand that he's got a good young team coming back, and there's some expectations. They're one of about five or six teams in the West that could theoretically win the division and and possibly even win the Big Ten title. I'm not saying Minnesota can't win it. But still, something just didn't add up to me. And you know, Ohio State is the most talented team, arguably, in the country. If you look at the talent they have back in per star ratings, they really are arguably the most talented team from top to bottom, one through 85 in the country. And so those numbers just didn't add up. So me being the statistics nerd, the geek that I am, I wanted to test this and see just how silly it really looked. And so what I did is I went through and I looked at all the college football, college football futures odds that I could find with, with some of the popular sports books. Okay. I found five of them that I that, that I use regularly that that are more popular than others. And those being Bobata, Bet online, my bookie, Five dimes and Vegas Insider. So I took futures odds of those five sites, and since not all of them were in the same format, you know some of them were in money line, you know like plus 1,000, plus 2,000, plus 3,000, basically meaning that if you bet 100 dollars, you'd win. If it's plus 1,000, if you bet 100, then you'd win uh, $1,000 dollars. you know, if it were minus 200 then that means you'd have to risk 200 to win 100, okay? So it's the, if it's a minus, it's, it's how much you're betting. If it's a plus, it's how much you would win if you bet $100, okay? So some of them were money lines. Some of them were fractional odds, like you'll, you'll see ten, 10 to 1. So I converted all of those odds, whether they are futures odds or whether they were fractional odds or whether they were money line, I converted them all to a percentage, I averaged the five for each Big Ten team and then converted them back to fractional odds. What I found was, as you would expect, Ohio State is, uh, has the best odds in the Big Ten, 10-to-1 10 odds. And, of course, you know, if you listen to ESPN or if you select outlets, you'd think that Michigan is a world beater and Ohio State would be lucky to beat Michigan this year. But as it turns out, according to the sportsbooks, Ohio State, on the average, is a 10-to-1 one, um, 10 to 1 Pick to win the national title this year. Michigan is a fourteen to one. Uh, Nebraska fifty-two to one. Wisconsin eighty-seven to one. Penn State eighty-seven to one. Michigan State one hundred thirty-four to one. Iowa one hundred ninety-one to one. Northwestern three hundred sixty-three to one. Purdue three hundred eighty-seven to one. Now, as you're listening to this list, this list, you probably have noticed where's Minnesota. I haven't heard their name called just yet. Okay, well, here's where we get to Minnesota. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but actually they fall uh, the ninth team down, or I'm sorry, 10th team down, we find Minnesota with average sportsbook, those five that I listed, they average out to 499 to one to win the national title this year. So what that says basically is that not only are they not comparable to Ohio State's odds to win, the, uh, to win the national title, but Ohio State has a 50 times better chance to win the national title than Minnesota does. Yet, if you listen to ESPN, Minnesota and Ohio State are virtually equal to win the Big Ten title. What that tells you is that uh, ESPN is Definitely flawed with the FPI. Whatever data they're using, whatever rationale, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And look, there are some other factors to take into account. I mean, you know, Minnesota's schedule is probably factoring into that. Um, you know, the West being arguably not as talented as the East factors in, although I got to say the West this year from top to bottom might be as good as the East on paper, just because there are six legitimately competitive teams in the West where in the East, you've got the top four. You know, Maryland might be in that mix. Rutgers will be improved, but Indiana's going to take a step back. Uh, You know, I could argue the West is going to be deeper this year. Um, At the end of the day, the talent is still in the East. Ohio State's still the most talented. Michigan is still the second most talented. Penn State is the third most talented. Michigan State is the fourth most talented. I I think those four teams are still the poor most talented teams in the league. I would probably put Nebraska there at five, maybe Wisconsin at six. So you got the, it's very top heavy in the East this year on paper. And we don't know what Penn state or Michigan state is going to be like, but I really think that, you know, ESPN's data is a little bit flawed here, but you know, I, I heard some people say, you know, go with the money. And, and then I've heard some other people say on the, on the flip side of the coin, well, you can't take this into account too much because the books are just trying to play the public. Well, both of those are true to an extent. They are, um, you, you do want to follow the money. You know, be, people, uh, people that put the money where their mouths are are more believable than the people that don't. ESPN has no money at, at stake with the FBI, okay? So I would rather believe the sports books because they have money on the line. You know, those, those casinos out there in Vegas... They're building all those billion-dollar casinos because they've got a lot of money coming in. Now, granted, you know they can lose their butts. It's a, I actually this makes me think of something. You know, it, it's funny when you hear a handicapper when you read an interview around Super Bowl time or, or bigger events like World Series, NBA, NBA Finals. You hear these handicappers say, "Well, we're you know we've got a lot on the line with this game. We're going to lose our butts if we lose." And it's like, well, yeah, they can risk millions of dollars and they might lose big on a certain game but don't feel too sorry for them because uh, the house is winning a lot more than it's losing. So they can afford to lose a couple million dollars in a game. And, and you know, it, it's not even a, uh, it's not even a slap on their pocketbook. They they don't care. Um, it's loose change to them, uh, but, they, but it is still a lot of money riding on it. And the thing you got to understand is there is a, a perception that these casinos are trying to milk the public and they're just trying to uh, encourage betting. And ultimately that is the goal, but you got to really understand about something. I've I've had a friend here uh, for a long time. That is a sharp. I mean, he's a guy to give you an idea, you know, look he doesn't want his identity put out there. So I'm never going to do that. But to give you an idea, like I understand during college basketball season, he'll put an average during, during the year, he'll put an average of something like 17 to $20,000 per game, Uh, on a single bet. So uh, he's a guy that's pretty high roller. And and we've we've talked about stuff like this before. And the thing about these casinos and sports books, they're trying to elicit betting, but they're also trying to get the line right. Because, and the reason being, if they set a line that's really, really bad, let's, let's say it's three, four points away from, you know, whatever their data is telling them, the sharps are very good with data too, okay? They have their own numbers, they have their own regression, they have their own analysis. And if it's let's say 3-4 points off, you know, let's say a college football game spread is set 3 to 4 points away from what a sharps line has it set at, that sharp is going to put a lot of money right down and 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 immediately the the handicappers are going to have to move the line, okay? You know, if the sharps attack them right away, they're already vulnerable because they set a bad line. So The handicappers are never going to put a line out that strays too far from what their data is telling them. What they will do is if they set a line and the public's just not buying, okay, it's not enticing any betting action, they'll slowly move the line a little bit. They'll move it a half a point or a point. You know, they'll edge it out a little bit until people see a, you know, see a trend and then they're going to start get money coming in. And sure, in an ideal scenario, that's where the casino or the book would like equal action, 50-50 on both sides, where they can just sit back and collect the big. Okay, that's the ideal scenario. But don't always go by that because ultimately the public isn't going to move a line drastically. The sharps will. If the public, let's say 60% of the bets or 70% of the bets, and 70% of the money from the public is going one way, but you know, the 30% sharp money is going the other. That's called a reverse line movement. That's that's where the the handicapper will actually move the line towards, you know, further away from the public and towards what the sharp money is coming in on. Because they actually have flagged accounts. They are actually looking at what some of the sharps are doing in their betting history. Those are the people they pay attention to. So when the line is moving against the public money, it's because it's the sharp money. Even if it's in the minority, that's who they care about. So when people say, well, it's just, you know, public money, that's what they're worried about. They're trying to entice betting action. That's all true, but it's only true with the caveat that they're more interested in accuracy and what the Sharps have to say with their money. That's who they care about. So originally, initially, the the lines that are set by the casinos and by the books, those lines are pretty accurately, his, pretty accurate historically because they want the numbers to be as good as possible so that they don't lose their butts on the betting action according to the Sharps. That's, that's who kill them. Now, that being said, it's actually the final line that's the most accurate, and that's because the line usually moves closer to what the Sharps are betting than what the actual betting public bets. So the final line, you know, when the, the Sharps sneak in at the very end, that's what tends to be the most accurate predictor of results in games. So... Anyway, long story short, I thought you would find that interesting. Um, yes, it is important to know that the casinos are trying to elicit betting action. That much is true, but they can't afford to be wrong because they that's where they lose money. If they're wrong, they lose a lot of money. So um, wherever – put your money where your mouth is. Those are the people that do that. The people that do that are the ones that I'm listening to, um, it's going to be really a lot of fun couple of weeks though. I I'm the more I think about this, you know, people have responded on Twitter and look, I think it's fair to have some skepticism about this Ohio State team. We don't know how good Justin Fields is going to be. Um, you know, there are some questions about the defense at linebacker. Um, defensive backfield. I think it's I think people have a right to be pretty optimistic. I don't think defensive line You know, I know that Nick Bosa is out of the picture now for good. Draymond Jones is gone. Uh, There's a lot of hype surrounding Chase Young. We'll see if he lives up to it here this year in his third year and what will probably be his final year at Ohio State. You know, he is draft eligible. There's a lot of talk about him being top five pick next year. I think if he lives up to his his potential, that's probably going to be the case. We'll see if he lives up to to it or not. Um, But there are some question marks, and I, I think it's fair just say that Ohio State's—they're they're certainly not a lock for the division. They're not a lock for the Big Ten. They're not a lock to make the college football playoff. If I had to guess, if I had to put my own money down on this, and you know, put my money where my mouth is, I would say Ohio State probably loses two games. I I could see them running the table. I could see them losing maybe three games. Uh, but if I had to guess, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to go ten and two in the regular season. Uh, you know there's there 's a tricky schedule here they 've got that Nebraska game um, you know the big ten east is is going to be uh, you know deep Maryland is going to be p- potentially really good uh, i don 't think they 're going to finish in the top four, but they 're going to be a tricky game uh, Rutgers and is going to be improved like I said Indiana not going to be a pushover uh, so I think this ohio state team i I would put them at ten and two in the regular season but could I see them going eleven and one? Could I see them running the table and then you know winning the Big Ten and getting to the college football playoff with zero regular season losses? Yeah, I can see all that, but it's it's really a, um, an interesting scenario. It's going to come down to what happens with Justin Fields. Will Ohio State be able to maximize his talent, his potential? Will Michigan be able to do the same? I, you know, I, I want to point out one thing. I, I saw some people making fun of the, the Michigan receivers compared to Ohio State receiving core. Look, I, the one thing I like about this Michigan team is I like their receiving core. I know Tariq Black has had some real injury history the last couple of years. I don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. But Nico Collins is a stud. Don't be fooled by his lack of speed. This is a lot like the Geese Scott argument. Nico Collins is a stud. He can go get the football. Donovan Peoples-Jones still hasn't really broke through yet, but he's got a chance. I, I like if they're healthy. I actually like that Michigan receiving core. I, you know, I know there's a lot of hubris about tailoring the offense to Shea Patterson's talents. We, we heard that the second half of last year, and they didn't quite get it done. They got better as the season went on, but they still didn't tailor it like they said they were doing. Uh, we'll see if they actually follow through on it, but I do like the receiving core. Even if I'm not a total believer in Shea Patterson this year, I like that Mich- Michigan receiving core. I think that's potentially the strength of their team, their entire team. So I would not make fun of that particular unit, but Ohio State, can they tailor the offense around Justin Fields? Uh, how much will they use him with his ability to run because he's a real playmaker with his feet? Will they take advantage of that? Uh, you know, How much will they run it? Will it be as much as JT Barrett as we saw a few years ago? I doubt it. Will it be as much as we saw with Braxton Miller back in you know, 2013? I doubt it. But if it's some something approaching that level, uh, that I think is going to help. And then, of course, how much... He, he you know, really fully gets into the offense. It's not a matter of knowing the offense, but about making those reads and having the reaction time, muscle memory, and getting through his progressions and, and making accurate throws. All that is, I think, is going to be the biggest uh, either obstacle or detriment to Ohio State, or maybe uh, it's not an obstacle at all. You know, maybe Ohio State, if, if that all happens and Fields reaches a potential, we're talking about a potential national title contender. So, uh, that's going to be really interesting to follow. Uh, really, really excited, man. This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're we're almost here. We're almost in August. It's football season. There's no baseball distracting me. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. Of course, Ohio State recruiting still on fire. Court Williams finally uh, uh, dropped this week as we thought he would. He committed to Ohio State. Uh, Johnny Bullets you know, smiling and grinning from ear to ear because this is the real, actual, real life bullet that Ohio State has been waiting on. He's an actual bullet, uh, not a safety, not a linebacker, but the bullet. Uh, So Johnny can be really excited about that. That's commitment number seven this month if you're scoring at home. Commitment number eight could be coming on July 30th. Uh, We are awaiting the decision of Jalen Knighton, who's supposed to be down to Ohio State and Florida State. It sounds like the good guys are going to pull this one out, Uh, but we will wait for sure. That would be commitment number eight in the month of July. Um, unfortunately, folks, um, if you're into uh, calendar accomplishments, that's where it's going to stop there, because Ohio State is sitting really pretty for one of the top five, uh, one of the top three running backs in the country, Bijan Robinson. It looks like it's just a matter of time. I think he is committing to Ohio State. I think that's a done deal, in my opinion. Uh, but you're going to have to wait an extra few days because that is not coming down until August second. That is a week from today. Uh, next Friday, he's committing to Ohio State or Texas. Uh, looks like it's going to be the good guys as well, but we won't be able to count that as an August or a July commitment. Uh, so it looks like Ohio State will finish with eight July commitments, and then they'll start August off right with uh, number one, B. John Robinson. And then after that, look, the class is almost done. They'll, get, they'll continue to pursue Elias Ricks. You know, you know. Mark Gibbler has said on BuckeyeGrove.com, dot com on the Horseshoe Lounge, uh, you know they'll look for. He actually said it on the new Rapid Reaction podcast. By the way, if you haven't checked that out, give it a listen. That's Kevin Noon, publisher of Buckeye Grove, and Mark Mark uh, Gibbler discussing the commitment of Court Williams. They're going to do the, uh, more of these Rapid Reaction shows. So um, if you want to hear when a commitment drops or something happens in recruiting. Uh, or even after games, by the way, they're, they're going to have a rapid reaction show posted here on the Unscripted Ohio Network. So check that out for sure. But Mark said on there, you know, Ohio State still be chasing Elias Ricks. They want one more DB. They'd like another defensive lineman and maybe one more quarterback in the class. So you're probably looking at three more commitments if, in fact, Knighton and Robinson uh, do fall fall in the class. You're probably looking at three more after that. But Ohio State can basically just pick and choose They can spend most of the fall concentrating on visits with underclassmen, and then we'll see what happens with that. So the class is essentially getting close to being wrapped up, but they'll chase those three other spots through early and late signing periods, and we'll see what happens there. So, hey, it's football season. Recruiting is getting wound down for the 2020 class. We can focus our efforts on previewing previewing Ohio State, previewing college football. I could not be more excited, as I said, not just for the football season coming. But for everything that's coming up with the Unscripted Ohio podcast, as I said, uh, college football nerds to preview, you know, some analytics, uh, talk about the FPI. We've got Bill Bender coming up, and in, in a couple of weeks, I'll have Bill back on. Uh, we'll preview college football with him. Chris Drew previewing the Browns, talking a little Buckeyes. Uh, Corey coming up next week, of course, with our Throwback Thursday episode that I think you're really going to enjoy. A lot to talk about here on the Unscripted Ohio podcast. Uh, That's going to wrap it up. I will be back on Monday. Uh, We'll talk some more college football. And then Corey and Johnny will be on the Scarlet and Great podcast on Wednesday. And then Throwback Thursday episode coming next Thursday evening for the Friday Unscripted Ohio podcast. Please check us out every Monday and Friday for right now on BuckeyeGrobe.com. Of course, we host on SoundCloud. As I said, if you are a SoundCloud follower, please give us a follow on there. Even if you're not, uh, if you wouldn't mind going to give us a follow Uh, so I can see how many followers we have. That'd be tremendous. But you can also continue to listen to us on iTunes, i.e. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. That is going to do it for me. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back at you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: You can get new episodes of Unscripted Ohio on Mondays and Fridays exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Ohio State.